3: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Andy Munoz of the RSL Show. We want to thank you for listening. Uh, today's episode, we're just going to play back straight audio from the media availability. And before I go off on a rant and just make everyone go to sleep, uh, let's talk about what's ahead of Real Salt Lake and then what's potentially um, ahead of them should they go to a final. So, uh, two things. We're going up against Portland, a really, really tough team. Um Goal differential there is absolutely crazy, but this these are the playoffs and anything can happen. Uh, we've seen that with Seattle. We've seen that with Kansas City. This year's motto, if it's not this, the team is the star, it's, you know, believe in us or whatever. I, we've said it in past podcasts. Uh, I mean, the belief is very, very strong. You'll hear that from Pablo uh, towards the end of the media availability. I mean, just everyone is ready to go to battle, um, including a quote-unquote healthy Albert Rusnak. Um, So, best of luck to RSL versus Portland. We all want the same result, guys. There's something about the season that feels like it's 2009 all over again, and I'm knocking on wood as I'm saying that uh, because we don't want to jinx anything. Okay, on to the Eastern Conference. So, yesterday, New York City FC played against New England Revolution. New England Revolution, if you haven't been paying attention, I mean, that was like the team. Everybody was favoring that team to win MLS Cup. Uh, They had a record season-breaking point accumulation, which got them the supporter shield. I think they broke LAFC's record. I'm pretty sure they did. Um, But that was just like the team that everybody thought was going to advance. Uh, NYCFC comes back late, gets the tie. Uh, They go to PKs, and NYCFC wins in penalties. Now, Tati Castellanos, um, undoubtedly the reason or maybe the person that was carrying that team did score in that match last night. But also, he's the Golden Boot winner for uh, the MLS season. Uh, 2021 Golden Boot winner Tati Castellanos sees a double yellow, gets a red card, so he's out against Philadelphia Union. Now, I think on the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia Union-Philly, I think that team is going to advance over NYCFC. So two tough matches for Real Salt Lake, the first one, of course, being Portland. If we get over Portland and beat Portland, uh, we'll see probably Philadelphia Union in the final. That is what my gut tells me. Well, my gut tells me this. I don't want to say it. Never mind. Let's not even go there. Guys, enjoy the show. Thank you guys so much for being uh, fans of the RSL show and listeners of the RSL show. Also a big shout out to Trey Fitzgerald, Meg Van Dyke, Tyler Gibbons. Um, Here at the RSL show, we know that media is critical. Uh, Going to the availabilities is also very critical just to get you guys more content. Um, So what you will be seeing more of is me attending those, uh, Josh attending those, getting on the Zooms, asking questions. Uh, that you guys might have for the club. So fingers crossed, guys. We want this so bad. I will be there in Portland. Um, Tom Hackett's going to be there in Portland with myself as well, as, as well as the KSL Sports Director. Anyways, good plug for them. They 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 pay for us to do these things. So thank you so much, KSL. And also a special shout-out to OneWire Fiber. Uh, go check out OneWire.co for all your over IP needs. I'll shut up now, and the show will start Again, guys, it's unfiltered, raw stuff. So you're going to hear all of the interview questions from everybody around the circle. And um, hopefully you'll be able to, to, to differentiate based on the questions and the athletes' voices of who they're talking to. Enjoy the show.
2: Aaron, how much does it change their attack to have presumably two of their top three goal scorers out?
4: It's huge for us, I think especially against us. Those two guys are always, they always play extremely well against us and they're always dangerous and getting goals and assists, I think. I mean, they scored the majority of their goals this year. So it's massive for us, but we got to prepare the same. They they still got other dangerous
2: attacking pieces coming in and we got to be ready. How much does it change having Everton out and how much have you had to, be without guys at different times of the year and you've adapted to that.
4: Yeah, I mean, it sucks. I think that yellow card rule is, is pretty dumb, especially come playoff time because you work all year to get to this point and then because of two dumb yellows, you got to sit out one of the most important game of the year. So it's unfortunate ever since been a beast for us, especially this postseason. So it sucks, but yeah, like you said, we've every time something's happened this year, we've always adjusted and this game will be be the same thing. And speaking
2: of adjustments, they scored 12 times in the three games against you this year, but it seems you're just a very different team when you alter the formation. So depending on what the game calls for, does the formation change everything? Yeah, definitely, I think we've been solid, solid
4: playing in the four back. Um, I'm not sure, I think all three games were were we playing three in the back against them?
2: I can't remember. At least two
4: for sure. I mean, we've been killing in this formation defensively, we've been solid so far, so yeah. It's going to be a whole different game this game, for sure.
5: Mentally, how, how do you get over the fact that you, you haven't beaten them this year? Does that have any role, or is it because it's playoffs, it's, it's a new, new beast entirely? It's a, it's a whole
4: new game. Um, I think we're, we're playing the best we've played all season right now, especially defensively. And that's what you need is a strong defensive performance going into Portland. So if we can, once again, the, the goal has a, every game has been to, to get into halftime either up or even. Um, it obviously didn't happen last game, but. I think that's that's the goal going into Portland, and yeah, it's got to be a strong defensive performance for sure.
5: Do you thrive now as a road team? You, you've done it now three weeks in a row. I'm counting decision days, essentially a playoff game, and you've come out on top every time. It just seems like you enjoy kind of playing in those tough atmospheres.
4: Yeah, the team's loving it right now. We're loving going in and, and being able to silence crowds and feeding off their crowd. And I mean, yeah, I mean us as a team, we're we're loving that right now. I mean home games haven't even crossed my mind. It, it seems like we've been on the road for so long now, these past couple of weeks, and we're just used to it. And, yeah, so we, we know Portland really well. We, we're, we've played in that stadium a ton, and I think I think everyone's ready to go. For and sure.
5: It, and then lastly, the, you've slowed the game down a lot. You know, right off the bat, David O'Toole was getting booed in Kansas City, you know, within the first couple of seconds of the match. That's obviously kind of been a part of your, your game plan. Is that going to be part of it again this upcoming week?
4: Yeah, I think that that always has to be the game plan in, in away games. It's the home team usually has more energy, and and so you, you got to sort of sort of strip that energy away from them, and that's how you do it: slowing down the game, keeping possession as much as we can, and obviously the more we can keep the ball in their half, the better it is for us. So, yeah, keep slowing the game down. Keep. I think the biggest thing is just playing smart. That, that's what we talk about every before every game is just play smart every every time we're every time we're on the ball and defensively just make the right decisions. Um, just don't do anything dumb that's gonna cost us really.
2: All
6: right, one more.
2: The road confidence is real. We can see it, but I'm curious where it comes from because you only won four road games all year going into that decision day. And, and one of those was at home against Vancouver and it counted as a road game. And now you win three in a row. Where does that come from?
4: Just believing in ourselves and, and everyone putting in the work on the road. I think it's it's all about just just grinding these results out and Like I said, if we're we're strong defensively, we're always going to have a chance to win the game. Our our attack is they've been scoring goals pretty consistently this year. So us as a back four and back six and defending as a whole team really is just give ourselves a chance to win the game. And if we can get a shutout, then we definitely give ourselves a really good chance of winning.
3: Hey, guys, real quickly, uh, you just heard from Aaron Herrera. Up next is Justin Glad. Uh, The sound quality isn't that great. Uh, We were outside. It was super windy. Killed our microphones, even with pop filters. So, uh, hopefully, I've done the best I can in post to save it. Here we go.
2: Justin, obviously between an injury and a red card, they're going to be shorthanded up top. Two of their top three goal scorers. How does that change the game for you guys in back?
0: Uh, uh, I mean for us, it, I don't think much changes. You know, they got dangerous players all over the field. Uh, they got a they got a deep bench. They got a deep squad. Um, so it's just going to be going out there with the right mentality and, and holding it down.
5: By slowing the game down on purpose, is it quite enjoyable to kind of watch the opposing fan base, manager, and and players get frustrated, kind of like what happened against Kansas City?
0: No, for sure. Um, It's always a good feeling when you see them struggling. Um, And and you know that you're you're sort of the cause of it, and and you're causing problems. Um, And you know you're doing something right when you see that. So it's always good.
2: Where does the confidence come from on the road? You clearly got it clearly didn't have it for a big chunk of the year, but these last three road games, it's been night and day.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know. I would say it's the the belief that we can win any game, um, especially with you know how we got in the playoffs and, and just the the mindset of the team that you know if you battle for 90, 120 minutes, uh, you, you always got a shot, and anything can happen in these games. And and now we're sort of going into games thinking, you know, how can we lose? You know. You've had three
2: difficult games of them, lost all three, given up 12 goals. What do you learn from those games that you're going apply in this one?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, we, we haven't played them in a four-back yet, which I think will will help with a lot of the problems that they got us a lot on counters, um, which is always tough when you when you play with a three-back. Um, so hopefully we can just be organized, be compact, hold them to, you know, not many counters, not many shots on goal, and, and hopefully we can, you know,
3: go out there and handle business. All right, and that concludes uh, Justin Glad. Up next, Justin Miram.
2: So why the turnaround and the confidence on the road? It was a struggle for so many road games this
6: year, but the last three, it's night and day. You guys are clearly at a different level. I think we're going into these games, no fear. Um, We're full of of confidence. Uh, I think it started in Dallas when we came from behind, and then that Kansas City game uh, with the last minute. So... Every game on, on the road is just built with more confidence going into going into these next games. And uh, we go in, uh, we're go we going into these games, taking the crowd out of it, and um, just playing our way, and it, it's been fun to watch and play.
5: Are you preferring coming off the bench? I, I got a feeling like you're enjoying that a fair bit and you'd rather come off the bench than start, maybe?
6: Um, if this isn't the regular season, maybe it's a different... Conversation, but the way the team's playing and, and, and what my role is—you know—I have to be ready uh, for the team, and that's what's best for the team right now. So I'll continue to do that and and embrace the role um, in a positive way. That you know, mentally, I'm watching the game and <clears throat> preparing for for my moment to come in. So kind of ha- had to adjust my preparation and, and um, the way I watch the first half and and take notes in my head and know when I can get out there, things I can do differently to help the team. Portland's
5: really good on the counter, so communication's going to need to be really key. Since coming off the bench, the 30-odd minutes you've played over the last couple of games, have you felt like the communication on the pitch has
6: been as good as it has all season long? Yeah, I think just communication. Um... Our discipline is probably most impressive to see how compact we've been. And then our ability to open it up when we want to. So I think the last few times we played Portland, maybe a little naive. And, and kind of were, were stretched and open and they uh, countered us and um, you know punished us. So I think this game is gonna be a, a different um, one than anybody has seen the past three times we've played them.
2: You've had a long career here. I'm wondering how many times you've seen a team really come together and just at the right time and, and play the best soccer in the biggest games?
6: Yeah, uh, nothing like this though. This has been amazing uh, to see the group. It's been fun, um, the locker room has been incredible all year. So this this story is you know, one that hopefully we continue and lift some hardware. But uh, it's been amazing to be part of and, and we're just focused on this next game. After such a long season, I feel like a lot of teams can sometimes
5: kind of get carried away. You almost kind of get sick of the daily grind, but this team's not. Are you having
6: as much fun now as you were kind of before the season had even started? I mean, a lot more fun, hopefully, on December 11th and 12th. So that's just our goal. No, we're just focused. Uh, Whenever you can play in the playoffs, anything can happen. And we we found ourselves in on decision day. And we told ourselves that we're going to stay here and train for two weeks during the international let's do it for the right reasons and, and continue this playoff run. So it's been good.
5: What, what role has Pablo Mastroini played in all of this? I have to imagine it's been pretty pivotal.
6: Yeah, I mean, obviously him coming in, throwing into the deep end of the water, uh, taking this job when maybe it came out of, out of nowhere. And he's done a fantastic job to keep everybody in tuned and uh, understanding the roles. and. You know he's helped me a lot, uh, keeping me mentally, uh, you know, mentally ready for whatever uh, whatever he asks of me, and he's done that with numerous players, and I think you've seen um, the quality uh, rise, and you've seen the players come together in a way we haven't seen in years past. All right, thanks, guys.
3: All right, so that's Justin Miram. Up next, we've got Demir Krylock, and I do want to say uh, just a quick tidbit on Demir. So. Um, obviously been working with KSL sports for a while. So I go into a lot of what we call scrums where all the cameras, all of the microphones, they're just huddled around everybody. You're battling for position and then you hold the mic out and you're kind of invisible. Well, Demir, this is the first time that I've seen it from an athlete. Personally, Demir walks into the scrum and and the dude is looking around at every single person, almost like acknowledging, that you exist Um, it's a very small gesture but I think it kind of says a lot about Demir Um, you hear him say thank you for coming out um, when he gets started so it was really cool Uh, I've never noticed it with other athletes I mean usually it's just go time you put a mic in their face and they start talking whatever Um, but Demir I don't know what it is he just adds like this personal touch and he like makes sure to acknowledge you It's pretty awesome. Anyways, here it is.
7: Nice to see you guys here. Let's get back to normal, huh?
0: (laughs) Are are you enjoying playing the role of spoiler? Yes,
7: of course. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, just uh, whatever we have a role to do, we are doing just because we have so much uh, confidence, so much. Uh, mood right now and uh, we want to do whatever like Pablo uh, says us to do and uh, as long as we have this joy, everything is under control. Uh,
2: Dami, this team has struggled at times with its confidence and it's struggled at times on the road and now nothing seems to bother this team. The road doesn't bother this team. Going down a goal doesn't bother this team. What has changed in these last few weeks?
7: I would say it's all about winning mentality, you know. It wasn't easy after you lose against San Jose, after you lose you lose against Portland, you know, to get in KC and to win the game. And, uh, I mean, um, it was the crucial moment for us. And then we realized, OK, we can defend. It's no problem at all. As long as everyone is on the same page, we can do something special. And then on the way we, we won against Seattle, the way we won against uh, KC, it, it says um, so much about this team, about, about confidence, about winning mentality which is trust and belief every single second in every single person next to you and uh, that's that's all about and uh, this is how we did so far so the same thing is going to be for the weekend we're going to go in Portland you know with so much confidence um, to try first to give like 100% and to try to win the game I mean it's not going to be easy because as I said Portland is a good team but uh, we showed now that's so many uh, things it's, it's up to us. First, I would say about Pablo. You know, great human being, great motivator, great relationship between uh, his staff and and us players. And uh, this is uh, at the end of the day what outcome uh, it is. You know, and uh, I mean, you know, like we try to improve ourselves every single every single day on on the practice, and this is what we did. And as I said before, when you realize and when you uh, played whatever three games in a row now away, two times against KC, one time against Seattle, and uh, they had combined whatever maybe I would say max 10 shots on a goal, it says, it says a lot. And then this is the, the, the moment when we realized, okay, well, let's defend uh, on a proper way, let's uh, you know fight for every single inch on, inch on the field, and at the end of the day, this is how, how you got resolved. No, we don't know yet. But, um, you know, I mean, we have so uh, much deep in this roster that uh, everyone can replace uh, everyone, you know. And uh, at the end of the day, it's it's about winning the game. On what way and how, it's not that important. I mean, it's playoff and, uh, you know, we have to be everyone on the same page.
5: And then the opening 15 minutes of the half, whether it be the first or second, how important is that? I feel like, you know, if you get through the first 15 minutes, you guys, the, the level of play elevates. It's almost like you, you gain confidence.
7: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we, we wanna uh, keep um, zero on the back as as long as possible. You know, to um, make every our open and especially because they play home, and this is how the our quality rise from second to to second. You know, and um, at the end of the day, it's happened last three games on a exact way what we what we wanted. We uh, just um, um, our plan was so successful on all those three games, and this is how uh, we're going to try to do the same thing against Portland. There
5: are similarities between sporting Kansas City and Portland. They both like to counter attack and throw a few numbers forward. You had a lot of success, more success against Kansas City than you did against Seattle. Do you, do you hope it pans out that way as well? Obviously, going up against Portland, is there a lot of confidence you'll have? A lot of attacking
7: chances? Yeah, hopefully, you know, like, either, you know, it's it's a little bit funny, but uh, we lost against Portland away two games this season, 3-2 and 6-1, and uh, I would say combine those games we had over, I would say, 40 shots on the goal. So you're going to get your shots, you're going to create the chances, but uh, at this moments we have to be a killers you know to to try to score the goals and as i said before uh, to keep zero uh, back as as long as possible and to to make them nervous it's guys, it's thank guys. you guys appreciate it's that, it's appreciate it's that. have a good great.
3: one See all right so that was demir kryloc up next we've got albert Rusnak. and i do want to add visually he looked fine um he looked he looked great uh he didn't look sick he didn't look like he was like out of breath or anything um, he was speaking just fine, so uh, I think we've got a healthy roost neck, which is good news for us. Here we go. Here
2: go. So, Albert, since you couldn't be at the last two games, I'm curious if you could describe to us where you were watching the game and your reaction as uh, Miriam found
8: wood and he found it back in the back <laughs> the Um 1st game, in Seattle, I was watching uh, isolated in the room downstairs in the house in the basement on my phone. Um, second game I was watching upstairs with the family because that morning of the game Sunday I tested negative Um, so you know I was clear to be around the family but not not with the guys yet so that's how I watched it Uh, both of those games were you know felt helpless nervous a lot a lot more nervous than when I played the game Um, but you know I was so so happy and uh, you know not just for myself that I'm going to play another game um, this season uh, with RSL but you know it's for the guys as well, for all the work that we've put in, I think we, we, we deserve this.
5: How was it, You, you first practice back? Did you feel like you didn't miss a beat? Was there any breathing issues? You didn't have any fitness issues?
8: No, I mean, since Sunday I've been doing fitness. and Honestly, to be completely honest, I felt like I didn't miss a, didn't miss a thing. You know, I felt perfectly fine. My body feels great. No problems with breathing or anything. So you know, I think it's more to, in my head to get ready for the game than actually my body.
2: What have you learned watching these two playoff games about the way the team is playing and, and how you can fit in, help, and make a difference?
8: I mean, you know, when our ba- backs have been against the wall this year, I feel like we always came back um, on the good side of it and we always had the, the right response um, to whatever was going on. Um, and I feel like, you know, after the after the Seattle on, on penalties, the, the response from the team was great and I feel like we dominated the, the Kansas City game. And obviously, you know, much... Uh, much great stuff from the subs that came in that game against uh, Kansas, Bobby, Justin, and, and Anderson. You know, they, they really made a difference. And that's what I say when I talk about a team that takes everybody, you know. Sometimes the, even the guys who don't dress uh, on the game day, they, they are part of this team and they do help uh, in order for us to get results. So you had no, like,
5: symptoms
8: of COVID? You were, like, you no, I, I mean, I had symptoms the first three days. I didn't feel good. I had symptoms, but... I guess, you know, every time you're sick, you don't feel the great at the start. But after the first three days, I was, you know, completely fine. Just testing to get a negative result so I can finally be a human being, you know.
2: <laughs> what do you learn from the three games with Portland in the regular season? And can you take much from those if you change the formation you're playing for in the back?
8: Um, I mean, honestly, they don't matter, those three games. I don't think Portland will be looking at it like, oh, we beat those guys, three guys, three times this year. They honestly don't matter at this point. You know, it's a one-off game. Um, teams feel different pressure when it's a one-off game and it's not a regular season game. And I, honestly, I don't think we'll look back at those at those three games. You know, um, one bit. I mean, there were when I just quickly think about those games, there were there were a lot of positives, but we always came came on the negative side of the of the result, and we managed to lose all three of them. But they don't matter.
5: If you can stop the counter attack, do, do you feel like you, you guys? Have- pretty good chance in in a pretty good spot to win yeah i mean
8: you know that's one of their strengths uh is a counter attack and last couple of times we played them we did play three at the back um you know now for for a few games we're playing four at the back so it's it's a little bit different um but you know it's 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 gonna be a a 90 minute game and we're 90 minutes away from playing in a in a cup final that no one believes that we can do um so really um we can't look too far ahead um just look at the portland game one game at a time and uh yeah, I mean, I, I believe we can win it.
5: So, so, not turning the ball over is obviously going to be pretty key. You've turned it over in some, some bad areas against Portland. You, you're going to play a role just from a communication standpoint. What else can you do to try and stop that? I mean, any
8: game, you don't want to give the ball away. Right. And, uh, you know, it's going to happen. We're going to give the ball away. They will give the ball away, you know. But maybe our reaction um, needs to be better than last time we played Portland, you know. Uh, when we turn it over, um, you know, we have to react as a team and we have to defend. Um, 11 players and attack 11 players you know and that will be the key but you know to turnovers you know if you want to create you're going to lose the ball you know so I'm uh you know I'm confident that our reactions will be will be um, on point the road was such a struggle for most of the year and now the team is so good on the road what has changed um I don't I don't know I think that last game of the season when we clinched the playoffs um we started to build momentum and I think in playoffs, momentum is, is, the, is the biggest weapon you can have. And I feel like right now, you know, first day back, but I can feel it in a group that, you know, everybody's positive, everybody believes, and, and we really have momentum, you know. And, and that can be a dangerous thing. Uh, we just have to use it to our advantage on Saturday. Do, do
5: you know what position you'll be playing on Saturday? No Everton, but you return. You played on the left. You also like to play as the 10. Have you been told as to what position? Man,
8: honestly, after missing a week, I don't, I don't care what position <laughs> I'll play. I, I don't know. And even if I knew, I don't think I'll tell you. But, uh, yeah, I I honestly don't care. I don't care. All right.
6: Thanks,
8: guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.
3: All right. So that was Albert Rusnak. Um, Up next, we have Pablo Mastroini, and we will end the show with Pablo. Uh, Again, I'm traveling out to Portland. I'm going to link up with uh, Mitch, hopefully. I'm going to take my equipment, hopefully uh, get an episode in with him. Um, also with Tom Hackett, talk some RSL. Hopefully the result is a good one, uh, but regardless, we'll put out a new show. And then also, I want to kind of fill you guys in on, on some stuff that we were up to and um, a colossal failure of equipment that we had, uh, which prevented you guys from some really, 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 really good content. So uh, Jake Simons, former guest of the – or excuse me, former host of the RSL show – uh you know started the show way back when with Josh and a few other people uh he actually came and did an episode with us gave us a whole hour and a half of awesome content and uh the equipment failed uh the sd card just did not record anything it was awful um probably one of our best shows it was a little emotional i'm just i'll just say that uh, i think it was emotional for all of us uh, but now you get to hear a, a new episode once we have him back on after the Portland stuff. And uh, that version will probably be way more robotic. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's doing well, guys. He left the RSL show to focus more on his family and other things. Uh, so no bad blood between any of us. We're we're all best friends. We all love each other. And um, that's pretty much it. So we'll have Jake back on so that he can kind of tell his story, his side of, of why he's stepping away from, uh, the RSL show. And that doesn't mean real Salt Lake. He loves the club he's watching still. So here we go, Pablo Mastroini. Um, and thank you so much guys again for hanging out with us.
2: So I am curious why a team that struggled so much on the road all year is now so clutch on the road and believes even when they're down a goal.
9: Well, I think that's why we play the regular season. You learn a lot about, uh, who you are, you learn about the areas of the game you need to improve in um, and what, what I've noticed with our group is uh, that they're they're hyper-focused in this moment. Just watching some clips from the KC game the communication defensively when Pablo was out um, Domi drops back in and all four of the guys in the middle are communicating Pablo comes back in, they're all re- readjusting and so I think it's a combination of learning from um, games that didn't go our way in the regular season and the hyper-focus in, in the playoffs.
2: Usually, I think you'd say that you learn a lot from playing a team three times in a regular season, but if they're missing two of their top three scores and you change formations, how much of those games really apply? Uh,
9: yeah, I don't think they apply, especially uh, given, um, you know, what we've been able to uh, come up with the last few games on the road. I think, uh, you know, it's it's a different game. It's a different mindset for, for, for really both teams. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a really interesting game, but uh, one that we're excited about, um, and one that I think um will we'll obviously have its challenges. Uh, but getting Albert back in the fray will be exciting, and uh, again, I think it'll be a different team competing against this Portland team. Uh, how
5: does how does it all change under the four-two-three-one against Portland, and they're obviously a really good counter-attacking team. You've had an issue with it kind of this season, although it isn't regular. What changes now with the four-two-three-one?
9: Well, it allows us more. Uh, cover f- from a width perspective deeper ba- deep, uh, in deeper positions. Um, and I think in the attack, again, you're still going to have to make sure you're shaping behind the ball, especially when uh, Aaron and Brody get forward. Got to have good shape, and I think we had a, did a really good job of that against Kansas City. Um, and they have a very good counterattacking team as well. So, I, again, I think the onus is on us to, to make sure that we're dialed in and focused for 90 minutes against a team that just prides themselves on breaking.
5: On the flip side of that, like, Justin Miram obviously streaks through the center of the park and sets up that goal in the 91st minute. Like, how was he able to do that? Is there a message like come 87 minutes in if we're all level, you know, like go for a trot if you see something? like, Because you were playing very careful prior to that and a lot of back passes just trying to slow the game down. Help uh, me understand. Yeah, no,
9: I think it's, um, you know, I think Anderson, Bobby, and, and uh, Miram all understand what we're trying to achieve when they come into the game. It's not to play it backwards. They're, they're dynamic players that, that like to play forward. And so I think inherent in putting them in is that you're going to get forward-thinking play. And, I and again, it was a great individual play by Miriam, saw the space, exploited it, and, and, and took uh, Zussi one-on-one, and that's Miriam's game. So that's a, that's a credit to him and his decision-making in that moment. So as much
2: as them losing two of their top three scores looks like a big deal, looking at those three games, I think they had like eight different guys' score. So... That attention to detail, tracking the late runs because basically anyone on the field can score for them.
9: Yeah, they've uh, they've, they've proven all year and and against us that uh, anyone can step up. You know, watching some clips, their movement um, on the counter is tremendous, and their ability to really create space for their for their teammates. Um, where a lot of times in transition, you see guys that uh, stay the same run, and they'll they won't change anything. But they have an ability to go fast, but go fast with Great dynamic movements ahead of the ball to create space for the runners that are coming behind. So, for as much as it might be uh, Yimichara, Mora, and uh, you know a a number of other players, uh, it's Diego Char coming in from behind that's also a threat as well, and Paredes. So, um, again, a really, really good dynamic counter-attacking team, and and, got to be got to be ready for it.
5: You you preach mentality really ever since you took took over as interim. Um, I'm not going to ask you if you're surprised you're still here, but are you surprised at how fast the team has kind of latched on to, to this sense of belief?
9: I'm not. I, I mean, uh, you know, we, we, uh, I, I think the decision day performance in Kansas City really tipped the scales for us from a, from a, really, from a, from a belief perspective. I think we've always had the right mentality. Uh, again, I think decisions at times um, in transition really hurt us. But I think if you the overall, the mentality was always there. And I think the decision day performance and playing a great game against uh, Kansas City away from home to get in the playoffs and scoring in the last 15 seconds really brings a sense of confidence in the group that if we do stay the course, stay organized, and stick with the plan, we will get our opportunities to win games. And, uh, again, I think you saw that uh, at the weekend against KC once again. So I think it just keeps kind of growing and becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy.
5: I'm sure you're not going to. Oh, DJ. I'm sure you're not going to tell us. But if you figured out at least who's going to replace Everton?
9: Um, yes, we're. We, we've, you know, we're looking at a couple different things. Um, but definitely, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did playing three in the back build
2: a confidence among your attacking group that you've been able to sustain even though you've gone back to the four in the back?
9: That's a great point, DJ. Yeah, I think. I, I think it. I think it really did build a lot of great attacking relationships. Um, whoever was playing, and, and I felt like we built out of the back so easily, it came so easy that the movements were so dynamic ahead of the ball. And so, again, there's been a, a lot of good interplay, link play um, at the weekend. And uh, I, again, we're, we're going to have to have that. And getting Albert back will be a, a, a big plus in that department. But I think the guys that have stepped in have done a fantastic job and really looking forward. For them, either starting or coming into the game and providing the same type of performance.
8: Speaking of Albert, how
4: confident are you that he's going to be able to start or even go the whole
9: ninety minutes? Yeah, uh, that's still up in the air. Um, you know, I think we'll we'll have a, a big session tomorrow and kind of see where he's at. You know, he's been doing a little bit of running, um, but again, running is not the type of um, physical output that we've been experiencing in the last you know week and a half. So. Um, you know, I'll trust that Albert, uh, you know, will, will, will guide the situation in a way that he knows his body. And then uh, as a collective, we'll make the best decision to, to, for the group against a, a very good Portland team.
2: Obviously, you can use that training session that, you know, trainers and the human performance staff can go through stuff. But you played. I mean, how much can you gauge on a Thursday? Because the adrenaline will be pumping on a Saturday.
9: You're right. And that's why I think um, Albert has to kind of lead that. Um, as a captain of the team, as as a guy that's played, man, probably 40, 40 games, including national team games, um, he knows his body and he knows um, what's at stake. And uh, so I'll I'll trust that Albert will kind of put you know give us a, a a good snapshot of where he's at. And then again, you know, if he if he were to start then it's the onus is on on myself and talking and communicating with Albert as the game goes to make that decision if you know if and when he comes out, and or vice versa, you know if he doesn't start, then it's finding the right moment to put him in and make sure that uh, he's in a position to contribute.
5: against Kansas City, it was kind of chaos. The crowd was quite loud, I thought, and then you obviously scored with Anderson and Bobby. you could hear a pin drop in that is that Is that what gets you up in the morning?
9: Um, it's definitely exciting uh, you know i I think. You know, going to, again, going to KC and then going to Seattle and after the PKs, you experience the same type of, you know, rarely does silence get you pumped, you know, but in our situation, for the rest of the way, the silence is what we're looking for, you know, and, and it, it comes uh, usually after very good offensive plays and or um, scoring goals. So, it, again, the guys, I mean, I couldn't be happier for them, the way they're, they're, they're injecting their own self-expression into the performances and as a collective coming away with great results.
5: We've spoken about kind of the, the communication issue at times, different languages and, and what have you, but you look really compact and, and really structured now in like environments that you shouldn't look like that. How?
1: Yeah,
9: I mean, it's been a, 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 it's been a focal point of, of looking at our games. And, and again, in transition, if there's no communication and you got guys flying down the field, everyone's reacting. On defense, And what we want to be is proactive, even though the ball's against us. And so communication, using gestures, saying people's names. And, and like I just alluded to earlier, that clip that we just saw in, in Kansas City where we're, Pablo's out, Tommy goes back, and you see everyone's hands moving. You see everyone's body language is, is dialed in. And, and those are the types of, uh, of moments that can cost you the game or keep you in the game. And so we're, we're making those adjustments as a group in real time through good communication and through having learned of what it feels like to not do that in those moments.
2: You're, right, so- you're a soccer Last one. You're a soccer lifer. This club has no owner all year. His head coach leaves for an assistant job mid-year. The team really struggles on the road. Have you ever seen anything like this where everything comes together?
9: It's, it's crazy, and I think that's the beauty of sport is that it's really about momentum. And, and, and some teams get it early in the season, um, some teams find it in the middle and then it fizzes for us. And, and what I've been saying from the beginning is that this is a process, um, creating a problem solving culture, which means people figure out how to fix things. And, 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 so we, as coaches, we show video, we talk about it on the field, but it's really about how do you give the players the tools to do that in real time? Cause we can talk about it and we can, and the game's done. It's easy to go back and look at things. And so, what what I've seen is a change in mindset from that perspective and a willingness to want to get better individually and how that affects the collective. And and when you're willing to do that and you get results, you double down on that because it's providing the results that you want. And so it becomes this, again, I've said it, self-fulfilling prophecy where if we do the right things, we're organized, we're structured, we know we have guys that are going to come in the game and make a difference. We believe we can win. We, co- we believe that it, if it's tied in the 90th minute, we're going to, get a chance to win the game. And, and that's what we've been doing, and, um, and we'll keep doing it. All right, guys,
6: thank you. Thank
9: you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys.
6: Uh, we'll do-
0: a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up
2: their 22nd assist.
1: So they count on University of Utah help.
2: Brielle so late puts this game
1: away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.